On this week's episode, we recap Clash of Champions and the shows that followed. We had Raw, NXT, and AEW Dynamite. Give it a listen, or else. Hello, wrestling fans. We are the Gimmick Minute Wrestling Podcast. Make sure that you follow us and interact with us on our Twitter and Instagram at LiveYourGimmick. That's the at symbol followed by L-I-V-Y-O-U-R-G-I-M-M-I-C-K. M-O-U-S-C. Love it. We represent a group called Media Junkie. Obviously, we're all about the wrestling on this show, but if you want to listen to Michael and I, along with three other friends, argue over our nerdy opinions, make sure you give a listen to the Fanboy Fight Club podcast. If you're a fan of video games, check out our buddy Jamar on his show called Why Are You a Gamer? Other than that, if you want to find all of our podcasts, all you have to do is just search for us on your favorite podcast app like Apple, Spotify, Google, Spotify, CastBox, Spotify, Stitcher, Spotify, and more. If you wonder why I said Spotify so much, maybe you should listen to previous episodes. It explains it all. But if you just search Media Junkie, you'll find all of our shows. You can subscribe to them all, or you can just search for us. Just type in Gimmick Minute, and you'll find us, and we're right there. But if you're already listening to the show, you probably know that. So why don't you just go ahead and share that information with a friend? If you are using Apple Podcasts, make sure that you comment on how you like the show. And if you don't mind, leave us a five-star review so it can help us kind of grow in the rankings. If you don't know by now, my name is Jason. I am the self-proclaimed voice of Media Junkie. With me as always, well, not always, most of the time they're here, I have my two co-hosts. We got the Friday Night Pariah Michael and, of course, the Demo Fraud, the Ratings Killer, the Sleepy Historian Kevin. The Rating Defending. <laughs> like, man, I thought it was never going to end. I know, right? Just, just going on and on and on. It's like when I introduce you in Fanboy, I always have like, 50 million things to say <laughs> and none of them are ever nice I, I, that's not true some of them are sometimes nice <laughs> all right so if you, when we're I, all when three I, on the show more often than you're nice to me on family Club. yeah <laughs> and, and when i heard your introduction jason i think of power rangers you must <laughs> oh my god you must fight the evil <laughs> So you sound like a floating head with peanut butter stuck on the top of his roof yeah. of his mouth. Zelzon! Ay, 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 ay! Wow. <laughs> that kind of hurts a little bit. <laughs> oh, man, that, that's, that's, that's great. All right, so I figure we'll start off tonight's show by talking about Clash of Champions. Uh, I'll be honest with you guys, I, I, I don't know how you felt about the show, but I really enjoyed it. I thought you were going to say, I mean, honestly, guys, I didn't watch it, so. No, I didn't watch it. That's where I thought that was going. I was like, I totally watched it. I totally watched it, and I enjoyed it. I thought all the matches were good. I'm enjoying the short pay-per-views because I feel like they're doing a better job of telling stories and building up to it, and the matches themselves have stories in it, right? So I think every match on the card had some sort of something. Oh, obviously there were stakes because they were all for a title, but 
I felt like they all they all had kind of a little something at least going into it. Um, but uh, just real quick before we kind of recap everything, what was your overall take of the show? How did you guys feel? I mean, even going into it, there were a lot of matches I was invested in, so the, the, the expectations were real low to begin with. I skimmed through the pay-per-view after it already aired. Uh, I'm not, I'm not going to even lie about that. I watched the Roman match. I watched the ladder match, but everything else, I kind of just like bounced around to see if anything caught my eye. And for the most part, it didn't. All right, Kev, what would you feel? Um, I pretty much watched it how Mike watched it. Um, but I mean, I think it peaked after the first match. I mean, that ladder match was, uh, Quite, quite amazing. Um, the Ro- I mean, the Roman match at the end was good. I like the whole storytelling there with everything. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but yeah, I was kind of like Mike. I kind of just skimmed around. But um, yeah, that ladder match did it for me. Okay. Well, we'll get to that here in a second. Uh, the they actually did pivot a little bit because we all talked last week how Selena Vega and Oscar should not be a pre-show match. And apparently, you know, WWE heard the audience because we weren't the only ones who felt that way. And they no, ended no, up no, switching. No, 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 no. That, that had nothing to do with it. The reason why was because with the most recent COVID outbreak, some of the superstars weren't able to make it to the pay-per-view, so they had to shift things around last minute. I heard uh, I heard Shannon ba- Baszler is pregnant. Yeah, also I heard that too, but I don't know if that's true because all that came from was a tweet from Nia Jax. She's like, my partner's expecting. That's why we're not on the show. <laughs> and it's just like, okay, I don't know how much I believe of this because it's coming from Nia Jax. So. <laughs> okay, all right. Okay, so that's that's the reason why because um, yeah. Nia and then she, she punched somebody in the, the face and broke their nose. you know what's funny is the card was so kind of jam-packed i didn't even remember that that match was supposed to be on it like i watched the whole thing and i never i never at one point in time was like oh there was no women's tag team championship like it never even dawned on me that that match never happened that's crazy Hmm. all right moving on uh so (laughs) the show opened up with shinsuke nakamura and Cesaro defending their SmackDown Tag Team Championships against Lucha House Party. And Nakamura and Cesaro came away with the titles. I think um, we all basically predicted that would happen. I'll be honest, this is the one match on the card I did not get a chance to watch. So I doubt either one of you did, based off of your prior skimming through the pay-per-view. So... Let's go ahead and move on quickly. The only thing I heard about that was people were so happy that Nakamura is like, Going away from the full bodysuit uh, ring attire. Oh, he was wearing, he, he went no shirt. Or like no, sleeveless. He, or he, he, it he, was sleeveless. Yeah, he still had yeah. the bodysuit. Uh, okay. Gotcha. But the uh, CBS.com gave the match a B, so it apparently wasn't a terrible match. I mean, Lucia House Party's fun to watch. So Cesaro and Nakamura can both go, so I'm sure it was a I'm sure it was a good match either way. But I mean, I I, I did skim through the match, and I okay. mean, there were some spots okay. that looked good, but there were also some spots that were really bad, like timing wise. Like there are a few missed spots from Lucha House Party where like Cesaro was and or Shinsuke were just standing there waiting for them to you know do your thing, and they just like were off cue, and it was it was it was not. Cesaro and Shinsuke definitely deserve better than that match. Let's just put it that way. Okay, fair enough, fair enough, fair enough. 
All right, so moving on then, we got the Intercontinental Championship match opening the show. I thought this was a perfect way to open the show because, honestly, if it was anywhere else on the card, it might have completely overshadowed it. Um, but you got Jeff Hardy in there doing his thing. You got Sami Zayn, AJ Styles. I thought it was a great match, and you guys apparently really enjoyed it too. I'll be honest with you, most creative way I have ever seen anybody win a ladder match. I mean, a thousand percent agree. Like, I'm I mean, not even mad that that fucking Castro ginger ginger Castro won. I mean, the, the handcuffs through the earlobe. I mean, yeah, that's, that's <laughs> yeah, fucking amazing. And the Jeff had to try and carry a little ladder around. Yeah, <laughs> attached to his ear. Like, yeah. that's fucked up. That's crazy. But, but the fact that Sammy had like the key in his mouth the whole time. Yeah. Too. Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. So that so that was yeah that was great. Yeah, it was. Well, it was I, really I think good. the best part is that like they they at least took the ability to be like, oh, it makes no sense. Why couldn't AJ just do this or that? By playing on the fact that AJ's short, mm-hmm. so he put his arm through one of the rungs that was just a little bit too high for him to be able to touch the ground to do anything. <laughs> right. Yeah, that was that was good. It was very well done. Other yeah, well, a lot of high spots, but there was also. You know, a lot of um, just kind of brutal moments. It was it was a good mixed bag, I think, for for a ladder match, and it definitely caught my attention the entire time. And yeah, the creativity was just was just amazing. Like so, yeah, great match. Anything else we want to talk about that before we move on? Uh, I mean, Jeff jumped off a very very high spot and didn't get a concussion. That's true. He did. Yeah, I, I, I was. Yeah, I was thinking that too. I was like, I was surprised they didn't recreate the uh, the spot that that Matt had. <laughs> Ray, I was I was severely expecting them to have him climb up on top of like the entrance ramp or something like that, and do something similar and get like speared off it, and just to be like, look, we don't run a sloppy shop, right? <laughs> so uh, they definitely took the high road there. Um, impromptu, impromptu, we got a. Uh, uh, 24/7 championship defense from from Truth, who was dressed up as a, he was dressed up as like a miner or like a coal miner type get up, or he had like an old man, he had like a wig and hair and stuff like that. I think he was supposed to be like a one of those old like gold, like they like oh the yeah, gold, gold miner thing, and they put gold it rush, well, yeah. no, they put it in like the the river and they shake it and it like gets all the sand out and they find little nuggets of gold. Yeah, a gold miner. Well, gold miners go in mines. This I thought this was something else. I thought they were called something else. I don't know. 49er? <laughs> 69er? <laughs> 49er, 69er, gold miner, what the fuck ever. But anyway, yeah. Drew Gulak temporarily won the 24-7 ship. Uh, lost it pretty soon after that, but, you know, that's, I guess that's kind of, it's still entertaining to me, but it's getting to the point where it's getting a little weird. Like a couple of weeks ago on Raw when you got Tozawa eaten by a shark, but then somehow he came back to life and was okay on, on Monday. Um, you know, it, it's just getting a little out there for me, but it's fun. It, I it love it. it I, I still stand by that the 24-7 championship is one of the few things WWE is doing right. How many times has Truth won it now? Like thirty. Uh, it was. Or... It was. It's. He's at. Uh... He's in the forties. He's in the forties. I think. No, I, he's not in the forties. Someone pointed out that he's a forty-time champion oh, because okay. with this <clears throat> and including all of his other championships, he's won with like the tag titles and stuff. He's like past or just at forty. Gotcha. Okay. All right. So then we got the Raw Women's <laughs> Championship, which Oscar defended against Lena Vega. 
We all said Oscar was going to win. We were all correct on that. Uh, I thought this match was actually kind of fun. It was a, a different style match, I think, than than what I expected it to be. It was very, very technical, which I thought was kind of strange. But um, it it ended up being a good match, and and Zelina Vega looked really well, and she kind of maybe put herself into that spot where we may see her wrestling a whole lot more. I mean, the uh, rumor mill online is that Vince is very high on her and sees her as a young Stephanie McMahon. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. Good luck, Selena. All right. <laughs> too, bad. too bad he doesn't feel the same way about her husband. Yeah. Who has new entrance music, is still wearing an eye patch, and he... No, just, he removed the eye patch. Oh, did he? Okay. Yeah, he wait, wearing, his... his, his well, yeah, he, well, he came down the ring, he sat down in his little, like, look at me, I can sit Indian style, and then he pulled off the eye patch, he was like, I got an eye! And, like, <laughs> the match started. I got an eye, and then the match started. All right, cool. Speaking of a match... your title started, of the episode. I got an eye, and the match started. I don't know, I thought it was going to be 49er, but... <laughs> 49er, 69er, who gives a shit? <laughs> <laughs> like... <laughs> All right. Speaking of uh, like our our creative uh, titles, um, Jr. Get some ass is uh, our number one show now. It has surpassed. Well, of course, it has surpassed all the rest of the shows. It is our number one listened to show. <laughs> I mean, with a title like that, I am not shocked at all. Like that's a hundred percent. Just like uh, you, you're gonna at least check out that episode for a few minutes just to see, like, okay, what we're talking about. <laughs> who, whose ass is Jr. Getting right? <laughs> All right, so Bobby Lashley versus Apollo Crews for the United States Championship match. I feel like we've seen this match before. I don't know. Have you got? It's like deja vu almost. <laughs> what? We have had the same booking for the past six months? No. <laughs> Bobby Lashley, of course, wins that one to the surprise of nobody. Speaking of matches we've seen before, the Street Profits defended their tag team titles against Angel Garza and Andrade. Man, um, yeah. I, I kind of hope this rivalry is completely over now. Well, based on the fact that on Raw, Andrade got squashed in a singles match against Keith Lee, I have to assume it's over. Okay, I would hope so. And, and didn't Angel and get also, hurt? Yeah, he got, yeah, he got hurt, too. So oh, Angel got hurt. Okay. I forgot yeah. about that. All right. Well, good. The Street Profits need something new to, to focus on, and those guys need to go kind of off on their own and, and do something. And apparently... The the whole nepotism thing with WWE may not be true because if um you know Charlotte has such stroke, she's definitely not doing anything for Andrade's career. I mean, she probably doesn't have any stroke anymore because she's out there trying to follow Becky and be like, I kinda wanna have a baby now. Oh. Well, I didn't know that. All right, cool. Yeah, like Good apparently for her. I thought I saw like in an interview or something like that, she like talked about how like she's interested in starting a family and Andrade's on board, so I mean, if she goes away, there goes his meal ticket. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, very true. If anything, it's not his meal ticket. He'll if, still be employed. He just won't, uh, if he anything, won't be doing anything of, of significance. He, he needs to have the baby, and she needs to come back to work. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he, he'd probably get more TV time if he was uh, pregnant, <clears throat> not going to lie. Yeah, he, no, might. he should go back to NXT and challenge for the title so we can have that fucking smart. He has to go back... He has to go back and, and challenge for the women's title, though. Yeah. 
All right. So, yeah. So that match happened. Street Profits retained. Then we got the SmackDown Women's Championship match, which was supposed to be Bailey and Nikki Cross, but Nikki Cross apparently was injured, um, wasn't able to do it. So then Bailey put out an open challenge, which to my disappointment was was answered by Asuka. I mean, I the match was good, don't get me wrong. They they have great matches every single time out. But I I you know, I felt like this would have been a good opportunity to inject like um like a Dana Brooke or oh. a or like Mandy or yeah, I just, that just clicked in my head there. <laughs> um or or you know even like Lacey Evans or somebody Naomi anybody else that that hasn't really had that opportunity yet on SmackDown like and and I guess Mandy and Dana got moved to Raw so that 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 negates them but but like Naomi or Lacey Evans it's an opportunity to bring them out and give them that spotlight that Asuka had already wrestled in a match that night she's already the Raw Women's Champion she, we we've already seen her go back and forth. Like I, I just felt like we didn't need to see that again. I was hoping for somebody I, a little bit better. I'm thinking so, the only reason they did that probably is because you know we're building towards a story with them with her and uh, Sasha. So, yeah, right. Yeah. So why why put somebody out there to just get you know you might as well just put Oscar out there? I guess. No, I, I mean, I, I love that you have that much faith in WWE's like long-term booking, but let's be honest, the real reason is because in less than a week we have the draft coming, so they aren't going to do any significant changes until they know where people are going to be going. Yeah, true. Yeah. Good point. And then I also heard the rumor that the main event for Hell in the Cell is going to be Sasha and Bailey in the Hell in the Cell. That's good for them for main eventing, but I really wanted to see Sasha. Like, you know what I mean? I'm not like, gonna just... lie though. Like as much as I want to see that, like go further down the line and not just be like an instant gratification kind of situation, or worse, a best out of 72 series like everything we've seen since Mania. Um, I I also like I feel like some of the best Hell in a Cells we've had over the past like four or five years have come from the women's division. That's true, and Sasha and Bailey. Could have one hell of a hell in a cell match. I mean, yeah, Sasha Sasha's main, had a great she, one. It's, it's Sasha's, yeah, I'm saying she made she's main evented hell in a cell before, right? So, yeah, I mean, I, I guess I'm not gonna be mad about it, but I just would have liked to see it stretch out a little further. I would have liked to see her injury keep her out a little longer, but you know, it is what it is, and and you know, she got her comeuppance, and she had she was still selling the neck injury and stuff like that, so. You know, her having that to sell in a match with Bailey, though, I think will make that match even even better and, and just kind of put an extra little stamp on it. So I, I'm excited for it when it happens. I was hoping it would be later on down the road, but, you know, it is what it is. I, I think it. the neck injury is the one thing that is making me hesitant about this match because despite the fact that Hell in a Cell isn't going to be until, I think, November, um, I... I feel like it's too soon because to be like, oh yeah, she's medically cleared from a neck injury in that short a period of time. Just, I, I don't know. It just doesn't seem believable to me. Okay. I, I feel you there. Okay. How you feel about that? Yeah. I mean, I, I agree with it. <clears throat> Although it's going to, it'll be a great hell in a cell match. Like, uh, it, it should, it should be further down the line. 
I mean, there's no reason like they couldn't have a Hell in a Cell match like at WrestleMania. You know what I mean? So yeah, there sure. is. That's way too much work for them to have to fucking put that thing together at WrestleMania. <laughs> and let's be honest, put up everything we, we, we else. We still don't know if we'd even have a crowd or if it's going to be a, in the Thunderdome, which I guess at this point, because they pipe in the noise and stuff like that, doesn't really matter. Which, which, speaking of that, like, I was watching SmackDown tonight, mm-hmm. and I don't know, like, it was real, like, the audio was horrible. Really? I don't know. I, in what way? It just was, like, the, the piped in noise was just, like, a constant, like, <sighs> And it, it was like real. I don't know if it was on my end. Or yeah, what. yeah. Ba- based on the the couple clips I watched from SmackDown tonight, I, I can kind of agree with that. I felt like they were trying to make it more like consistently always there instead of just having it like for pops. Um, yeah, or like, it, it, like it, was, it was just hard to hear like you know the announcers and stuff. Mm-hmm. I thought you were going to say it was like the MLB where they just completely missed the opportunities for the loud noise. Like it's like, delayed by thirty seconds every time something happens. No, this is just a constant. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, it definitely feels like they're like, okay, so in, if you're in an arena, it's never going to be just like dead silent. You're always going to have a little bit of like a, a white noise coming from the crowd. Yeah, and that's and, true. And that's true. I mean, really, the, I mean, I, being in those arenas, there really is never a time where it's completely quiet unless there's like something captivating going on. Or unless someone like seriously gets injured and everyone's just like, oh, what happened? Right. But even that, you still have people going, oh, what happened? What happened? What happened? Yeah, but when everyone's whispering, like, what happened? What happened? What happened? That's a little different than just, like, general chitter-chatter, which over the course, like, even if you're in a restaurant, normal, like, back and forth between you and the person across from you times 50 is still going to make quite a bit of noise and make it a, a loud area. You went a long way to make that point. All right, so... <laughs> <laughs> that match was pretty decent. You waited uh, an hour and a half to respond to that point. So, uh, so the the next match on the card was championship match, and honestly, this one I liked. I I had a lot. Of, I thought this match was a lot of fun. Drew McIntyre, Randy Orton, ambulance match again for an ambulance match. I thought the 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 finish was was kind of creative. What they did there, I really enjoyed the surprise appearance of the big show first just grabbing orton's boot out of nowhere <laughs> so I, I, the, the thing i particularly liked was the way they handled the camera angles because you couldn't see anything other than that giant hand wrap around his ankle right and even when christian popped out you couldn't see christian beforehand like he came out of nowhere but i thought the best was sean michaels on the top of the ambulance not only hitting the sweet chin music but then just kind of pushing him off the edge of the ambulance. Like that was a great visual and it, it came out of nowhere. Um, Cause again, they, they did a great job keeping the camera uh, just on Orton for that, that period of time. And uh, I thought the match was a lot of fun. Now I thought it didn't really do McIntyre a whole lot of favor because he needed, not that he needed, but he had all that help to, to win the match, but it was a good callback to everything that Orton had put those guys through over the, the past number of months. And then you got Nate at the end, driving the ambulance with the, woo, you know, pulling away. It kind of reminded me of like his, uh, his vignette with triple H, uh, before WrestleMania 21, when he was on the donkey, <laughs> he was like, oh, yeah. driving, when he's driving the ambulance away a little bit, but uh, I don't know. I liked it. I thought it was good. I, I'm curious what you guys think, though. I, I'm going to be completely honest with you. I, I for, completely forgot about this match, but I did watch it. Um, I, I I feel like it did 
it did Drew no favors because it, it literally felt like he only got the upper hand when someone interfered, basically like setting in stone, like, oh, you can't beat Randy Orton without help. And I'm like, no, he, that's not how you build your your big baby face champion. Like, I they, get that they, they, kinda, want... they, they did him a favor, though, on Raw by having those guys out there to open the show and they called McIntyre out and McIntyre was like, hey, look, I've already beaten him by myself. Like, I don't mind you guys involved to get your revenge and blah 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 like he they did acknowledge that in a way which i thought was okay the way they did it but then they use that to then lead to something else that happened later on in the night which will probably get us to hell in the cell with yet one more rematch between the two oh it won't even it won't get us there like i'm pretty sure it's already gonna be a thing because on raw orton even says like something like uh, like something along the lines of I'll I'll see you in hell or there's you still have oh, hell yeah, to pay yeah. or some bullshit yeah. some yeah. some generic hell in a cell can, reference can, within a promo. Can we can we talk about that for a moment? Okay, so Monday Night Raw. If anybody, um, there was a there was a segment with MVP in the Hurt Business. They were walking to the arena. Uh, MVP threw a bot- water bottle on the ground or something like that, and there was a janitor there sweeping it up. I'll be honest with you, I thought it was. T bar or slap nuts or whatever the guys' names are from Retribution. Slap dick, god damn it! Oh my god! Oh my god! You should listen to to 83 weeks this past week because I guess he got into a Twitter thing, T bar or T bone or whatever with Eric Mm -hmm. Bischoff or whatever. Yeah, and Eric Eric Bischoff on the show kept calling him, you know, T bone or T T sack or whatever. I mean, Conrad was just (laughs) dying laughing. But Eric Bischoff is freaking hilarious about the whole situation. I think it all started because on one of the episodes, like he was asked about it and he's just like, yeah, it sucks. And someone like quoted him on it and made like Mm -hmm. a whole like picture for Twitter and it had his face and like it sucks. And and then below it says Eric Bischoff on retribution. And then T-Bar tweets it and he says, thank you, Eric Bischoff. We really strive to, you know, be just like you and drive a billion dollar company into the ground. (laughs) Dude, I'll tell you what. T-Bar on Twitter has been a fucking amazing, dude. His responses to a lot of things have been just really good. First, he's, he's, he's basically Smark's comments that he's gotten. He's completely shut those down. Then you got Jericho, who hit him with the huh on, like, one of his tweets, and then he responded back with all those COVID uh, fact sheets from... From from when he had the Judas, yeah. (laughs) Like, that shit was funny, dude. Like, he... Oh, T-Bar on Twitter has been the best part of Retribution so far. Like, I am... I, I, I'm well, completely well, on board so with let's, let's be let's be I real here. It. That's the only good part about retribution so far. <laughs> hey, it's been good. It's been good. I'm on board retribution because of T Bar, and even the other guys are getting into it too. Um, I, like I, you know, they they even comment some some people like I even shared the video, but there's some video of these like dumbass kids in the woods, and one of them had like the kind of like hockey Paper mask plate? on oh. that Slapjack had on. And um, they were like, uh, somebody had tweeted retribution with it, and um, and he even he even like said like something like, uh, "What what Slapjack does on his free time is none of our business" or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> <clears throat> I think we just need to have a segment on the show where Mike reads the retribution tweet. 
Bane voice. <laughs> I, I'm a thousand percent down for that. If you gather them for me and, and send them over, I will read every single one of them. Uh, it's, yeah. it's, it's just gonna be what the whole Slapjack shit. does in his own time is none of our business. <laughs> Oh man! The, the, gonna... other, the other thing I, I I think of when I hear that I think of. Meanwhile, back in the Legion of Doom. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, our historian hitting us with some old school. Oh, I miss Justice Friends. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so um, I guess we were talking about Randy Orton tangent. So Randy Orton was dressed up as a janitor, basically, because later on, <laughs> janitor pushing the card, he's got the hood on, he takes the hood off, and clearly you see Randy Orton's a janitor, right? So he's a janitor. He goes into the room, he flips down these apparently night vision goggles that you can get that look like glasses. I, I've never seen those before. He hits the lights and he takes out the entire room of legends with a chair. Flips the lights back on, they're all laid out, and they're all busted up, and, you know, whatever. Uh, Christian's out, Big Show's down, the table's flipped over, Sean somehow is laying across chairs. I don't know. It, it's, 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 it's a mess, right? But then Orton leaves the room, and WWE officials and like all these people come rushing around the corner, and Orton flips his hood up and points at the room, acting like he wasn't the janitor who just went in there and <laughs> out of all. Like, obviously, if you know there's a problem, you know that Randy Orton dressed as a janitor went in there and wiped these guys out because if if you didn't see that happen why else you've ran out there right but then he he nonchalantly puts the hood on and just like it wasn't him <laughs> yeah that yeah that that was kind of hokey like the whole attack and everything was cool it was very creative with the yeah. night vision and everything but like yeah he's walking away and he's like this and he's like he literally put right. a, hood, a hood on. He's like, "Oh, right there, yeah. right there." Oh, yeah, it was, it was in, in there. It's it just pointing. Like, what, what? I'm just gonna say it. Bruce Prichard is clearly a fan of Superman, and he's like, "If Clark Kent can just throw on some glasses and put the curl away, then Orton can just throw up the hood." God, that's gotta be it. That's gotta be it. But yeah. I... <laughs> So I like where the story went, and I like the LB condition. I mean, those guys will sell, so it'll be fun to watch. I, again, it's going to be another one of those where I don't really care who wins. Uh, so actually, we got this one wrong, though, or some of us. Yeah, we all said Orton on this one, and it went all, it went to McIntyre. So, And we were actually all wrong about Bailey and... Uh, well, it was Bailey and Nikki I Cross, mean, so... That's not our fault. They, they changed the... Yeah, yeah, that's a wash. They changed the match on us. Um, we were all wrong about the. Uh, oh no, I was. I'm sorry. I was right about the Intercontinental Title match. I picked Sammy. You two picked AJ. So, and- in my defense, I did not expect him to handcuff a, a mini ladder to a motherfucker's earlobe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, hey, man, like this. This show should have been the one called "You You Won't See It Coming." <laughs> Yeah, none of us saw that shit coming. All right, so the last match on the card, a very highly anticipated match between Roman Reigns and his cousin Jay, a.k.a. Josh Uso. Man, uh, I thought this match was good, very back and forth. I really thought that um, both guys, like, really, for Roman being his first match back in a while, his first, like, singles match back in a while, looked like he hadn't missed a beat. Uh, Uso was... 
was doing his thing. Like he took that beating at the beginning, but then he, he kept, he kept coming back, kept coming back. Wouldn't die. I love the story that they told at the end with his brother coming out with the towel and all that stuff. I thought it was drawn out a little bit more than what it should have been. Maybe like it, it kind of like maybe it lingered on a little <laughs> too long. And obviously SmackDown aired tonight. I haven't got a chance to watch it yet. So I don't know really what happens from there. So if you guys want to kind of fill in kind of where they went from there, um, that'd be, that'd be great. Uh, essentially Reigns and Heyman came out to the ring to do their weird crowning ceremony of the, the chief honcho, whatever. Um, and first of all, I just want to talk about the fact that Paul Heyman always looks, he's afraid to, to stand next to Roman Reigns. And I'm yeah. like, I'm sorry. You stood next to fucking Brock Lesnar for how many years? And you're afraid of this dude. He always like, looked afraid to stand next to Brock though. No, he didn't. He always I mean, looked, he was just like confident that Brock ain't going to do shit to me. Like, yeah, he's very, he literally he's looks very, like he's like going to cry every time he's like in the ring with him. Yeah, with yeah, with uh, Lesnar, he was very, you know, my name is Paul Heyman and he was always but like he's got that look like it's like a look of concern. Yeah, he's like, like I look, don't know why I'm doing this or yeah. like it almost even feels like if you're like someone who knew that he was running raw and got fired that he's just like on edge of like I don't want to get fired again. <laughs> Based on just the the way he like presents himself, I mean, maybe a a storytelling aspect for all I know. Yeah, like even last week's uh, SmackDown episode, the episode before Clash of Champions, like when Roman came out and did the Superman punch to Jay, like Heyman's in the back, like with his like you know hand over his eyes. So he, yeah, he's he's telling a different story, like being with Roman. So yeah, Um, yeah. But anyway, back to so yeah, they come out. Heyman's like you know naming him off, like all of his his relatives who's like been there before him, and then like Rain stops and says, "No, I don't want you to to name me as you know head chief because he wouldn't call me head chief. His brother did, but he didn't. So he calls Jay down to the ring, and Jay comes down and." He's like, what? Is this what you want? You want you want the title again? You want another shot? Fine, you got it. But in hell in a cell. And but he's like, but this time the uh, stakes are going to be the highest he has ever seen. And then he walks off. And then Jay's like, but he hugged him and said, "I love yeah. you," and, and and mumbled some other dirty things into his ear. Yeah. And then then he walks off. And then Jay grabs the mic and he's like, "You I, I, challenge accepted. I don't care what the stakes are." And then. Roman gives a little smirk and keeps walking away. And then AJ comes out and makes a bunch of stereotype jokes about Samoans and chicken bones. And then they said, yeah, he says they don't want none. And so, <laughs> all right. <laughs> they don't want none. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> just, just hang on. They don't want none. They don't want none. Uh, what did you guys think of the match though on Clash of Champions? I, I enjoyed it. I feel like it was a better storytelling of throwing in the towel than building a big old monster for weeks on AEW just to have Taz throw in the towel. Yeah, definitely. Like that was my like when I saw him come out and like you could he was holding a towel, so like you knew it was coming. Right. And I'm like, oh no, not this shit. We literally just talked shit about how AEW did this a few months ago. Yeah. <laughs> And yeah. but I'm like, I guess technically they're not building anybody, so it's not the same. But even then, they still did it a little better because it felt like there was more of a storytelling aspect instead of it just being like, he's stubborn, he won't give up, it. so I'm gonna do it for him. Like, yeah, there were stakes to it. It was, yeah. it was different. 
Damn, Kevin, that was a big yawn. Oh, you feel a lot. That's how he. That's how. Wow. Damn. <laughs> we really are uh, the Skinamax of wrestling podcasts here. We, we do this <laughs> and we can see each other on camera, even the video aspect of the podcast, but we can we can all see each other's smiling faces. <laughs> and sometimes wide open faces. Yawns. Yeah. <laughs> How'd you feel about now, the match? Oh, now you can't. Um. <laughs> now we'll never know how many he can fit in there. Yeah. I mean, it was cool. I, I, I'm glad. It's nice to see Roman get rid of his bulletproof vest. Like, yeah, for a oh yeah. shot anymore. So, um, I mean, I still not, am not a fan of you know him. He's still basically just wearing the cargo pants. So all it changes is like, look at my sexy muscles. The yeah. way that he said it is, it's going to be incremental changes. Like he's gonna, he does, he's not going to change. He's going to kind of do a little bit more of what the Undertaker does. He's not going to change everything all at once. He's going to start with the shirt, then he's going to probably have new gear, then he's going to probably eventually a new entrance theme, too. I think, honestly, that's the biggest thing with me. He needs to get rid of that S.H.I.E.L.D. entrance theme. The S.H.I.E.L.D. is dead. Seth is off doing his own thing. Dean's not even Dean anymore. He's with a different company altogether. Like the shield music just needs to go away. Like yeah. he needs as much as I different. love it. It just it you can't ride the coattails of that that group forever, especially with like like you said, Seth. He's pretty much gone at this point because he, he's abandoned Murphy and he's just kind of still pseudo in a rivalry with Ray. But clearly, he's preparing to to peace out to go be with Becky for the final couple months of her pregnancy. Right. And and like you said, John is is over in AEW and he. He's talked so much shit. I, he's the one person who I think has less chance of coming back than than CM Punk at this point. <laughs> so, right. Uh, well, I don't know. Roman called out CM Punk. So, yeah, but there's a difference. CM Punk is straight up said, "If the price is right, I'll I'll suck anyone's dick." Where John Moxley <laughs> is is not a big enough star to get CM Punk money. Let's be honest. That's true. Not not yet. Anyway, um, he didn't go to UFC. He just went to he just went to New Japan and AEW. So he's Kidding. Um, but uh hey, what do you guys think about this? Right. So this so this match obviously sparked a lot of rumor uh, in one of the rumors, and it was actually kind of perpetuated by this person, but with uh Roman calling himself the tribal chief of the of the family, right? Well, that family includes the highest paid actor in Hollywood, the people's champ. The Rock. Future president of the United States. Yeah, possibly future president of the United States. So what do you guys think of The Rock possibly challenging Roman and this leading to a match between the two of them? I think my two biggest concerns is, one, it's almost no point in having the match because we know who would win. True. Two, after how many years? the amount of like in ring training rock would have to do to get the rust off the wheels. I, my biggest fear is the match just wouldn't live up to the expectations because the rock was just such a polarizing character and his in ring work was absolutely like second best to none. So to have him come back this many years later, I mean, yeah, he's bigger. He's, he's a bit even bigger personality than he was, but there's a difference between being like, big and working out and being in ring wrestling shape. So go ahead, Kevin. No, I just, I I just don't, I don't think, I don't think he's needed. 
You know what I mean? As far as building this new Roman character. You well, know if it could mean? be to build Roman, I think it would solely just to get Roxanne on the card to get people to tune into Mania. Well, I, I think it would be passing the torch, too, honestly. Like, that would be the official torch. You think that would be the Rock Hogan moment? Yeah, without doubt. Yeah, Even though I, they already did that with Cena, didn't they? Because they had Rock mm, pass it to Cena. I guess in a way. Uh, that was more of a title match, but I think I think more with the the Samoan aspect of it, he he'd be passing on that that dynasty torch, not not necessarily the WWE torch, but that that family. But, but, but that's just it, though. Like that was like for when Rock was popular, that wasn't his gimmick. He was he they they didn't talk about the Samoan dynasty with, with the Rock. He was always the the most electrifying athlete on the face of the earth and this and that, like it was never, he's, you know, the head of the Samoan dynasty or, you know, the, the legacy. It was always about the rock. It wasn't about the family aspect. Yeah. But, but when these guys debuted, it was still all about, well, rock is, you know, the rocks cousins, you know what I mean? Like mm. it, they've always been, you know, I mean, I, yeah, like, that oh, aspect, like, oh, they're the in rock. their shadow. That'd be a different right. way to go with it where it's like, yeah. oh, they're getting out of the, his shadow versus, Oh no, it's about the Samoan dynasty. Like I feel like that's that's a different kind of story. To and tell. to Rock's credit, he had a longer layoff between his last match and when he fought Cena, and he was able to knock the rust off of those for those matches pretty well. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't I'm not doubting that Rock can do it because we've seen guys come back time and time again that have been great in-ring workers that have had years off like Edge and just step right back in and 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 we're able to do it. You got it, me there, right? yeah. Edge Edge you has know, even bigger. I, 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 yeah, yeah. And I, I don't I don't think that I don't think it'd be much of an issue for Rock to be able to to step in and have one match. I mean, it might be hard on his body, but I, I think he could still do it. I, honestly, but, I think I, I'm just emotionally scarred from like three or four years of watching Taker slowly die in the ring. That I'm just like watching an old guy come back <laughs> once a year. It's just not going to end well for anybody. Him and Goldberg, no. man. I hear you. I hear you. Oh yeah. Speaking of which, and this just reminds me of topic, but it'll transition us into talking about NXT and AEW. Uh, did you guys see Kurt Angle on Austin's Broken Skull sessions? How yeah, about was really good when Kurt was talking about? Um, uh, he was talking about. Yeah, I thought I'd come back and maybe have like one more title run and like this and this and stone cold was like, well, you're not, you, you know, Kurt, you don't have the, you don't have the name you used to, or the marketability you used to. And he goes, well, neither did Goldberg. And that's like, Oh shit. Shots yeah. fired. <laughs> like, it's yeah. not like he was not happy that Goldberg got that, that kind of hero's welcome. And he kind of got the, the short well, end of the stick with, I his think return. the problem is that Kurt doesn't understand. Well, I think Kurt understands it, but he doesn't like fully understand that how much it affected Kurt can't go in the ring anymore for one. And Not like also Kurt left and became even more of a, a, a painkiller addict and his, and then an alcoholic and like his life just tumbled down where Goldberg didn't really do anything. He did some shows like about motorcycles and shit, but he didn't have any negative things really come out about him or happen over the course that were like in the limelight. So yeah, Goldberg did come back with a little, a uh, little more pizzazz on his bones than you did. Cause he wasn't, you know, having to hobble down to the ring. Yeah. And Goldberg can turn his head left. So that's a too, but you know, I love Kurt angle and, and he, not have it like i i thought the time to bring 
angle back was when Rusev was kind of at his height with the whole Russian hero thing and stuff like that. Like that would have been the perfect opportunity to bring Kurt back. And it just didn't happen at that point in time. And then a few years passed and his body is just not the same as what it was before. And, you know, it, it kind of is what it is, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I definitely see your point. You know, you got an opinion on that, Kev? Um, I don't know. I, I think like if you, you know, challenge Kurt, I think Kurt, I would take Kurt at this point, having a better match than Goldberg. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, think, I, think, match, yeah. I think you get, get him. I, I don't even him. know about that. I think it's pretty even. I think that it, as long as Goldberg doesn't hit his head on the ring post, I feel like Goldberg's <laughs> match could be sh- so short that you're not going to be able to be like it was a bad match or and Kurt Angle's thing. match is going to be so long that you're going to see him get winded. You're going to see him not be able to do the things he used to be able to do. And you're going to be like, that's not the Kurt I remember. Yeah, and, that, and that's the thing. I think that's kind of where where the difference was that Goldberg is a spectacle, right? Mm-hmm. He's not an in-ring technician. He was never known for his great, amazing five-star matches. So what you see with Goldberg is kind of what you get in the fact that you know, he, you don't need him to come out and give this performance where Kurt, on the other hand, you, he's known for those amazing matches, you know, like mm-hmm. the, the Shawn Michaels, Kurt Angle, WrestleMania 21. And that match stole the show. You got the, you know, all the great matches he had with Brock, all the great matches he had with Eddie. <laughs> and all of a sudden, Kevin's dog decided to join the oh podcast. Hey, I mean, at least it's not like my friend Rob's cat who turned Modern Toy Fair into an OnlyFans channel. <laughs> so, I mean, you you have oh my like God. All, you have no, knocked my headphones out. <laughs> That's so what she you, said. So you have so you have all these these great matches that Kurt's had, and and you're right, like it's 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 different because when you're gonna put Kurt in that position, you want the Kurt of old, if he can't be the Kurt of old, then it's not going to have the same impact where Goldberg, it's easy to make Goldberg, the Goldberg of old, because all he has to do is come out and do his little arm thing and his little kick thing, and then spear somebody, jackhammer somebody. And that's it, you know, and that that's all you need from him. Or yeah, Kurt, as long as you don't put him in the ring of someone who weighs more than him. So he can actually yeah. do the jackhammer. Uh, the match is going to turn out the way you expect it. With Kurt, you're expecting a five-star Tokyo dome, like <laughs> Onita Kata Omega match, you know what I mean? Like you're expecting that every single time. Were you just trying to summon Satan? I don't know what just happened. <laughs> oh my yeah. god! Oh, it would have been four to three stars that had taken place inside the Tokyo Dome. Right, exactly. All right, so let's move on. We're done with Clash of Champions. I guess the only yeah. other thing to mention off been. You know, Mike, you kind of brought it up, the whole storyline with the Mysterio fa- family and you got the um, you got uh, the disciple and Seth and, and the Murphy storyline with with uh, was it Elena? Uh, Ray's uh, uh, daughter. Uh, Ale- yeah, Elena or something like that. Yeah. Ali- Aaliyah. Aaliyah. That's Aaliyah, Aaliyah. Aaliyah. My fault. Yeah. So Aaliyah, Ray's daughter. Like, that's that, uh, I mean, it. That just seems like it's almost like Monday night soap opera drama stuff. You I know, mean, isn't like, that what that entire gimmick, like entire yeah. rivalry has been? Has been <laughs> just soap opera drama. You've got a guy who thinks he's Jesus versus a guy and his kids. Definitely, and you can see the the one thing about that though is Dominic getting more comfortable and more confident with every single match that he does. Oh yeah, 
And I get that he's really only faced those two guys, but uh, wow, that was a nice voice crack. But at the same time, <laughs> puberty will um, hit at the craziest yeah, times, kids. Right? Yeah. But at the same time, it, even when you're 47. A, <laughs> wow. <laughs> you just added 10 years to my life. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I thought I thought Dominic's been looking even better in those matches and stuff. So let's go ahead and move on. Let's get out before we well, before we move on. I just go want ahead. to tell everyone on Twitter to go fuck themselves Ooh. because so Alexa made just a, a tweet about the fact that like the whole tweet. new angle is Buddy and and Aaliyah and. She's like, good for you. You get it. And everyone's like, she's 19. He's almost 10 years older than her. Man, this isn't acceptable. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, fuck off, people. Like, she is of age. It's not like it's not like Velveteen Dream out there sending dick pics to 16-year-olds. Like, calm the fuck down. All she and even then, it's all it's all fucking kayfabe. It's not like they're he's really giving her the D or anything. And even right. then their texts were literally just like, hey, sorry for what happened. If you want to talk about it, I'm here. Like it wasn't like anything like oh yeah, you you meet, getting meet it buddy room. yeah yeah meet meet me in the boiler room after mankind what want me to want me to show you why they call me buddy like <laughs> but yeah like the people just fucking attack the hell out of Alexa for you, for kayfabe congratulating her ex her ex fiance uh, on this whole like thing and it's like she's of age there's people who have even bigger age gaps in their marriages but because they're in their 40s and 50s that's okay like fucking hypocrites go fuck yourselves you want to play with my buddy my buddy <laughs> my buddy I'll, I'll, and me. I'll, I'll, I'll show you my wrestle buddy <laughs> God. oh man all right. Well, well, that one just and... made the list of uh, potential yeah. names. Yeah. On that note, <laughs> let's go ahead and move on to NXT. Um, NXT, I thought was a decent show this week. Uh, you know, I, I I went back and watched it uh, to y- yesterday. Uh, some pretty good matches. I, I thought the whole Gargano storyline, Io Shirai, Johnny Gargano, Io Shirai, and Damian Priest versus the Garganos. I thought that was kind of interesting the way they ended that. I don't know if either one of them will walk away from takeover as a champion, but I think it would be an interesting story if they both did like uh, the whole Gargano way, bringing in the championship. Um, but I don't know if it's too soon to take it off a priest, but uh, I don't know. What do you guys think? I don't, know. I don't like priests. So I'm all for it. All right, um, cool. <laughs> fuck I, that priest. That, that, that match. Yeah. Fuck him and fuck Twitter. Um, yeah. <laughs> Uh, that match was great, especially like with the finish and everything, where uh, Io Shirai like was being like forced out of the ring by the refs, so the refs distracted, and he's about to do like his weird version of Cody's finisher, and then um, Cadis comes in, and just kicks him right in the dick, and pieces out, yeah. giving uh, Johnny the the chance to to pull out the victory. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I thought it was creative too. I liked it. It was. Uh... It was a good way to end the show too, because the show was already pretty action packed. Um, but uh, Kevin, did you get a chance to see that at all or no? I did not watch any NXT at all. Okay. Well, the <laughs> other thing, if you're gonna watch, if you are, that's a good thing to check out. The other thing that I, I really liked was the uh, sit down interview with Kyle O'Reilly and Finn Balor. I, I thought, and their really weird the- like country grandpa. 
Yeah. <laughs> it was it was a little different. It was a little different the way that they did it and I ring with the lights turned off and they're sitting in chairs and just having like a conversation back and forth and they're all complimenting each other but then also saying how the other one's going to win. Um I really like how Kyle O'Reilly came off and uh, you know he he definitely showed his his entertaining side. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was mocking Cameron Grimes at one time and and stuff like that. So I thought that was pretty good. Uh I'm I'm looking forward to the match. I think the match is going to be great. Uh the one thing I really liked that Kyle O'Reilly said and is like yeah, man. Um, obviously, you're you're gonna win this match, right? Because nobody loses their first title defense, right? Nobody. Th- th- that's not possible. Like, kind of, kind of like a little tongue in cheek, like kayfabe type thing. Like, oh yeah, obviously you're gonna win because it's your first title match, and nobody loses their first uh, title defense, you know, the, whatever. But. The best thing I did see on Twitter was Adam Cole tweeted about like his full support and stuff for Kyle O'Reilly, mm-hmm. and the way he came off, whatever. Everybody. Like retweeted with pasting Kyle O'Reilly's face on Randy Orton <laughs> and Adam Cole's on Triple H and um oh my gosh. Roger Strong as Batista or whatever and everybody's like <laughs> everybody's like no no Adam why did you have to give why did you have to say that you're gonna turn on him now please no <laughs> See, so that's funny that you mentioned next I've actually there's a new rumor going around that. They're not going to have Adam Cole turn on him. That the plan is for Cole and O'Reilly to turn face and hmm. split off from Strong and Fish, who will stay heels and stay a tag team together. Hmm. That's Which weird. makes no sense to me because it's like, why? Yeah. Uh, and the only thing I think of is like maybe uh, depending on which one wants to stay on the, the NXT and not go to the main roster with, with Cole, needed, was, didn't want to stay alone, so one of them agreed to stay with him. Um, yeah, I don't know. Because I thought O'Reilly was the one who was dead set against. That, not- yeah, that was the rumor was it was him. But now it's like, but then again, if he's if he wins the NXT championship, then yeah, maybe it is him. And Cole's like, I'll stay, <coughs> send those two up as a tag team to the main roster so they have their shot. Mm-hmm. Somebody um, also tweeted a photo of when they were in Ring of Honor, Kyle O'Reilly was the ROH champion. And there's a photo of them in the ring together. And Riley's standing there with the title, and Cole's like kind of looking like over his shoulder at him. Interesting. I don't don't know. Yeah, because WWE definitely wants to repeat a storyline that happened in ROH. I mean, that's basically going to be the storyline that they repeat. That one, let's be honest, WWE has no idea that storyline exists. Uh, yeah, right. yeah. And, and, I don't, and I don't know. They're just gonna repeat the evolution storyline. Let's be honest. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know if he like turned on or anything. I think it was just a photo. Right. It was more what? of like a Sasha Banks just like eyeballing the title. Yeah. And Bailey's yeah. just like, yo, bitch, my eyes are up here. Yeah. I, I'm I'm all for undisputed era staying together. Uh the only the only reason I could see them maybe holding off, especially for a Day would be if he loses the match and then being like maybe Cole being a little condescending, be like, it's okay, buddy, we didn't expect you to win anyway, type thing. And that would kind of force O'Reilly to maybe break away from those guys, be like, you know what, fuck you, I'm gonna do it on my own, and you know, kind of go off and, and, and do his own thing. <laughs> Screw you guys, I'm going home. Right. See, my problem is so, like, right now, the only thing that really is like keeping me engaged in wrestling is the Undisputed Era, like. If, if it wasn't for the show, I'd probably tune into XT just to see what they're doing with them. And that's about it. And if they, unless they break them up just right, 
I think it's going to be pretty devastating for my interests. <laughs> because Kyle O'Reilly is probably my second favorite member of Undisputed Era. Like, mm-hmm. He's the funniest. He's, he's just the most charismatic. Like, he's the only other one that like, he does, really he does personality. He, he does the guitar, guitar playing. The yeah, he does the guitar playing with the title. I mean, he, he sells like a fucking cartoon character. Like, he, he's definitely like second it, only to Adam Cole, where the other two, like, I don't care about Roderick Strong. He, he's, he's talented in the ring, but his personality, like, aside from when he had PTSD from being shoved in a trunk, which that involved the entire Dispute era, it, he didn't really, it doesn't really shine to me. And Bobby Fish just seems like the, the, the weird, like, uncle who just babysits them all the time and keeps them out of trouble. Yeah. yeah. The thing is, but with Kyle O'Reilly, too, and to go with your point, Mike, is like, when he is in the ring, like, when he, number one, he sells like a motherfucker. Mm-hmm. Like, they all do, but he really, he, I he's, think. He's like at, at Dolph Ziggler level. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. But, like, but when he does something, it, it's like Bret Hart-esque. Like, Bret Hart was always great about, like, when he kicked somebody in the face, he did it full speed, but never hurt anybody. Mm-hmm. And Kyle O'Reilly's the same thing. Like, when he hits you with a fucking knee or something like that, I mean, it is full speed, and I guarantee he's. Probably never hurt anybody. Yeah. Any, any that shit, Man, so. I bet Brett wished uh, Goldberg worked the same way. Yeah. <laughs> when he kicked his head into the third fucking row. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Brett. <laughs> Kevin, Kevin and I met Brett when he was still recovering from the stroke that happened when uh, when that happened. Yeah, he was Much. fuck. He was fucking out of it. Yeah. Well, he, he, he was still he was in that in, third row. He was in Canton, oh, yeah. Ohio, but he had no idea where. Like he was, he was just that de- he was definitely not his, his head was not in Canton, Ohio. His body might have been, but his head wasn't anywhere near there. Yeah, I remember I, I asked him real quick too. I said, Real quick, what, what was your favorite match? And he said, Uh, the match with Austin at WrestleMania 13 this is probably his favorite match ever. Mm. So, well, yeah, yeah. yeah. nice. So, right. so bad that didn't win the WrestleMania tournament, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It did not. All right, so let's go ahead and move on. Then nothing else in NXT that anybody want to talk about. I mean, Adam Cole had a decent match with with Shitty Theory. He did. He did. I thought his promo was kind of good. And and Adam Cole, like Adam Cole, did support <laughs> Kyle O'Reilly before that match as well. And then even Kyle O'Reilly, the the rumors during his promo and stuff like that. So I I'm curious to see what that what they do. I I, I kind of feel like they're going to keep them together, but we'll we'll see what happens. I, even if like if they do keep them together, I feel like it's going to make a real interesting dynamic to have like one of the side guys be the top guy. Yeah. Like yeah. as it's going to be a real like I feel like almost that puts Adam Cole more of in like almost like a manager position. Mm-hmm. Of, like he's like this is your guy, fucking cheer him versus like being in the triple H position where it's like that should be my title bitch. I hear you. I yeah, and I, I think that I think honestly COVID probably a lot of plans for the undisputed era because they, they probably were gonna make a main roster debut at some point after SummerSlam and it was gonna be probably something big, but you know, unfortunately plans probably changed and they needed him to stay in NXT and I don't think they really know what to do with them in NXT without Cole being champion. It's just been I mean, jokes on thing. you. I'm pretty sure NXT is about to get gutted like a motherfucker at during the uh draft. Yeah, it's possible. We could see people end up back there because especially if they're really able to draft too. It might be interesting mm-hmm. to see what happens. 
Oh man, how great would it be if they're like, we draft Roman Reigns. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, cool. I love oh, to see man. Paul Heyman fucking cutting promos on NXT. <laughs> Alright, so let's let's move on to AW Dynamite. I just want to talk you cut out like a mother. I have no clue what you said. Uh, yeah. No. Did you guys get a chance to watch AEW Dynamite? I watched a little bit. I watched a little bit of it on the YouTube, but the only thing that stood out to me was the segment with Michael J. Fox and Chris Jericho, where they were like, do you want to join the, the the circle? And he's like, I don't know, do you want to be the joint circle? And he had, he had jackets for everybody except for Sammy Guevara. Yeah, yeah. fuck Sammy Guevara. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that was kind of interesting the way they did that. Uh, I mean, People think that it's building towards a, a match with them, where I think it's maybe building more towards an alliance, but I don't know. Jericho is pretty funny, though. Hey, Wardlow, thanks for talking. <laughs> yeah, he's like, well, let's get a word in edgewise next time. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. That was that was good. I thought it was interesting. Bubbly, he was popping champagne after his, his big win on Dynamite. And, um, you know, uh, th- that was probably the best part of the show. The worst part of the show was probably the two giant brawls that they had that were both like just complete clusterfucks. AEW was really bad about doing these like big, like pull apart brawls. Like they're just not good. Like they don't do it right. Like they- there's too much going on. Right. So you had Cody come out and cut this like weird promo where he wasn't going to accept the challenge of Brody Lee. And then he came back and was like, I'm going to accept the challenge. And then, you know, that turned into a big melee, but not only did they get into this melee where the locker room came and pulled apart, so the locker room separating them. But while that's happening, some girl comes in and attacks Brandy. So then there's that whole thing going on. And now while that's going on, Nyla Rose jumps the guardrail and attacks a yeah. completely different chick out of nowhere that had nothing to do with anything that was going on in the other two storylines. It's just like too much. It's just way too much. And then you got the Dark Order, who is supposed to bend to Brody Lee's every waking desire, trying to pull him away from Cody. So you have the whole AEW locker room, like the gun club and all those people pulling Cody away. But then you have dark order pulling Brody Lee away. Like, wait a minute. Why are you pulling your leader away? Because he's just going to like, wouldn't Brody Lee like kill them for that. Right. Like that just didn't make sense to me. Oh, if they sneeze, we're missing the best part of the whole show is when Tony Schiavone got super kicked out of nowhere <laughs> by Matt Jackson. But he's a non-bumping talent or yeah. not a bumper or whatever. <laughs> yeah, that was that was out of nowhere. That was crazy. Um, I, again, the Young Bucks, like they're just kicking announcers now. Like, what the fuck is going on with these guys? You know what? I think what happened is one night one of them fell asleep with that segment with Shawn Michaels super kicking everyone in the back on repeat. <laughs> And now they just don't know what to do. That's just all they can think about. They just have to super kick everybody. And yeah, there's like I just kicked Greg or whatever the f- guy's name was. Yeah, I just a little bit. I watched the AEW. It was just like I saw that the whole brawl and everything. It just was a little like it just I don't know all over the place. So yeah, and then there was another one later on too. Two different brawls. I I forget. Maybe the other one had to do with the inner circle and. 
those guys. I I don't know. I, I guess I don't, those guys. It got it kind of. Just, <laughs> well, no, it was it was. I don't know. It, it all kind of blended together, but it it just seemed like okay, this is a little too much. Like it, this already happened. Why is this happening again? And again, that, that and that's to that point. It was forgettable because it had already happened earlier in the night. So when it happened the second time, I'm just like, ah, oh, this already fucking happened. Why am I paying attention to this? It doesn't fucking matter. So. Yeah, I don't know. They again, they're they they have a really good show, and then they have a like a really super kind of shitty show, and there's just no in between. Like they can't get any traction or consistency. Um, you know, I I like the whole stipulation with you know Moxley defending his title again, and Eddie Kingston getting to pick who his challenger is going to be. Uh, you know, you got the match between Mach- Moxley and the Butcher. Macho Man's know. coming back. <laughs> oh yeah. Only if you watch South Park, but I, I, I thought um, I thought I just heard you say "What up, Mach?" So I got confused. Oh my god! Did any, okay, did you guys real quick? Did you guys watch any of the South Park pandemic special? No, I haven't no. watched it yet. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! I haven't recorded. I'll probably watch it. Okay. <laughs> so, but uh, but yeah, I mean, it's you know, I don't know, I different than I did, but it just was almost a forgettable episode for me. So there's one thing I do want to bring up about AEW that I, I, we learned this week that I find very interesting. What's that? So apparently all of these WWE, like former WWE talents that they're signing are all being signed to like six to eight week contracts as like a test run to see if they want to keep them. Because oh. Matt Cardona is no longer under contract for AEW. And mm-hmm. in the interview, he, he explained this like, oh, no, they're common practices for like new people from like the Indies or like from other companies that have left and are coming there is that they get temporary contracts and then depending on how it goes and how they get over, it could turn into a, a longer deal. Um, so I find that very interesting that they're signing people, but they're, it's not like a guarantee thing. Like you're signing for a shot instead of being like, Oh no, we're signing you because we believe you're going to improve our show. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I have, no, I have no problem with that. I mean, that's, but at least they're not just, Hey, here's a guaranteed contract. And Well, my problem with that is if you're going to do that, it's going to be like, this is your shot to shine. Then maybe you should have them on TV more than twice. Because let's be honest in the six weeks that Matt Cardona was with AEW, we saw him <coughs> show up to save Cody, have a tag team match, disappear for two weeks and then come back to kick somebody in the face and then be in another tag team match. He had four <laughs> appearances on AEW television. One of them being a pay-per-view in the entirety of his contract, how can you expect someone to even remotely shine or get over or impress you in that amount of time, especially from a company whose fans are on the boat of, Oh, the problem with WWE is they don't give the talent enough TV time or enough of a push to get over. But then that's how that company runs things. Yeah, it's different. Um, You know, obviously Matt Hardy and Brody, you know they they made the most of theirs. It seems like Mario's. You know he's probably Ma- Ma- Mario. <laughs> Mario. 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 It's not Mario. Mir- it's it's Miro. 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 It's, it's, it's literally Miro. one. Lo- it's one letter different. Miro. Jeff Hardy Miro. as during his stint as with the Broken Universe. Nero. Miro. All right. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, he he seems like he's latching on, going to be around for a while. But yeah, I mean, that's it's kind of weird. That 
You know, we take that approach. Oh man, I'm yawning now. It's man, contagious. It's oh, you, get, you get a lot of dicks in that mouth. <laughs> <laughs> uh, slap them around too. So, um, so yeah. I mean, it's that's that's a good that's a good call out though. I mean, it's interesting that that they're kind of taking that approach. So, you know, we'll see maybe if they give these guys more than one if they like start coming and going stuff like that. But I don't know. Hard to say. Yeah, I just thought it was interesting. So I wanted to throw it out there that kind of borderline hypocritical to no, definitely not, not book people who you have short contracts with, so they actually have a chance. And that's the big like criticism of WWE is that they don't give people a chance. Right, right. And but at the same time, we've discussed this before too. It's it, it, it's not necessarily it's hard to to get a chance with AEW because they're very limited on their TV time and they have so many people or they have so many people already that, you know, anybody coming in, it's going to be hard for them to stand, hard for them to stand out. Holy shit. This getting sun's bad, getting right? real low. Big guy. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> All right. He Anything gets around, else? On- he, he gets around that microphone and, you know, he just, <laughs> <laughs> it is very phallic. It, for those of you who can't see our screens, it is not phallic yeah. at all. It's a big ball. <laughs> <laughs> It's round. It's a it's a sphere. It's a it's a it's a, it's a just, round. Just, just, your just, wording just, so we can't just, be like, yeah, it's it's just, balling. Just stop, Jason, because it, it's just gonna where you're going with that. It's spirit. It, it, it's you it's know, a sphere. It's, it's sphere. You know, it's Mario. It's circular. <laughs> I oh Mir- Mario should come out to but it has to be slightly different because that's AEW's thing. They, they're like the vanilla ice of, of companies. They just take yeah. things from other places and just change them <clears throat> just enough just where enough, they can still get right. sued, but they're probably not going to. Yeah. Yeah. Moxley's entrance music is very similar. <laughs> All right. So I guess anything else on AEW for the show? I can't think of anything else we need to talk about. You guys? Nope. Nope. All right, you guys excited for the dog collar match next week between Cody <clears throat> and Brody Lee? Um, I mean, in, unless unless Jr. like I said before, like end at the end of the match is like, oh yeah, he really made him his bitch. Like I don't care. <laughs> All right, and next week also marks Jericho's thirty year anniversary in the business, so that's going to be a pretty it's going to be a pretty special because they're celebrating Jericho. Um, and now, the only thing though, in in that. I think it's going to be hard for them to, because, you know, if, if Jericho were in WWE for his 30 year anniversary in the business, there would be video packages. You'd be mm-hmm. seeing career highlights all throughout the night. AEW doesn't own any of that footage. And neither so, does Jericho. So and like. that, yeah, neither does Jericho. So that you're not going to get to see any of that stuff. So I'm really curious to see, I guess maybe they'll just have like an in-ring segment or something like that where he celebrates it. But my you know. guess is they'll have a real short video package and it will consist of his pre WWE matches, like when he was still like up and coming through the Indies. And New Japan stuff. Yeah, New Japan yeah. stuff. And then his like current day New Japan stuff. And then maybe some Fozzy stuff thrown in there. Um, since obviously, yeah, there's like a 20 year gap that they can't use. But the thing is, like, even like, I mean, he was at Smoke, Smoky Mountain Wrestling. WWE owns rights to that. Mm-hmm. Show it. There's no ECW stuff. Obviously, no WCW stuff. I mean, the Calgary stuff. I think Cal- WWE has all that. Yeah, WWE has all that. So unless it's unless he unless he does maybe own 
And that's something like I can, you know, guys look up or something between now and next week. But like, unless he owns something, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, be interesting. I'd say he could potentially like have some sort of loophole where he owns the rights to his matches, but let's be honest, Vince would never let that happen. Nope, definitely not. Yeah, definitely not. All right, hell, Vince is claiming that he owns people's real names, so yeah, we'll see how that goes. All right, cool. Well, I guess uh, we're just gonna go ahead and talk about so make sure if you uh if you haven't already check out our social media accounts you got us on uh gimmick minute at live your gimmick that's at l-i-v-y-o-u-r-g-i-m-m-i-c-k uh we also have our media junkie account which is at media junkie vids and both of those are gonna be at instagram and twitter we also have a youtube channel youtube.com slash media junkie and michael has a few side ventures that he always likes to plug so go for it sir of course. So you can catch me over on Modern Toy Fair on the YouTubes. We've got on Fridays, me and Jamar do the weekly toy news. And then on Mondays, I have toy reviews. And if you enjoy figure photography, we have our Instagram and Twitter at Modern Toy Fair. Go ahead and check those out. And then if you'd like to give me your money, you can go to tpublic.com, search Modern Toy Fair, and there's a bunch of stuff with our logo on it. Or if you click on the Vault of Personality store, it'll take you there. And I have a bunch of other designs with all sorts of cool shit that you can buy. All right. And I'd like uh, to say also, I think the streak is back at one and zero. No, at this point you're two and one. That's not how streaks work. Oh, well. <laughs> you don't get to start back at scratch. Yeah, you do. I start right back. No, you don't. Yeah. This is some fucking Jericho version of the fucking Goldberg streak. <laughs> <laughs> We're just gonna forget. We're just gonna pretend like last week didn't happen and just. No, all right. We'll, we'll, just, we'll, we'll just count it between now until the end of the year, and we'll see what my record is. All right. We'll, we'll see, okay. see, if, see if I can stay above 500. It's, spoiler alert. It's going to be like 47 to 1. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thank you guys for listening this week. Uh, not quite as fun as last week, but we got some informative stuff out there. We still had a little bit of fun. So we do yeah, appreciate no, anybody that. No Michael J. Fox jokes. No, I made him. I called he, him Michael J. Fox. He, he did call him. Well, I, I mean, didn't. I just I didn't make a shaky camera reference. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Oh God. All right. We didn't talk uh, about the Apollo no. missions. I saved yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. Well, appreciate well, that. Mike's own one now. <laughs> I never vowed to have a streak. That's probably actually, because actually, I didn't actually, make a big. I didn't actually, make a big deal about Apollo by going Apollo. When yeah. I true, I would have been like. <laughs> Houston, we have a problem. Jesus. Houston, we have a problem. (laughs) Rangers, come back and save Apollo. (laughs) Make sure you follow us on the Twitter. (laughs) And fuck you, smart. (laughs) L-I-V-G-I-M-M-I-C-K. Something, something, minute. You, for, you forgot the your. It's a live your. <laughs> live gimmick. <laughs> Follow us on our Twitter at live gimmick. Wait, wait. No, that's not it. That's not it. All right. Thank you guys for listening to this week's show. Make sure if you're not already, subscribe to it. Make sure you share us with your friends. If you have Apple, leave us a review. Uh, it doesn't necessarily have to be five stars, but we do appreciate it. Thank you for listening to the show. For Kevin and Michael, my name is Jason, reminding you to be a fan and always live your gimmick. Goodbye, everybody. Subscribe, Max! (laughs) 